0: Welcome to the Pursuit of Wellbeing podcast. My name's Maria Brosnan. I'm the founder of Pursuit and your host for the show. This podcast is dedicated to providing well-being information, inspiration and support for teachers, leaders and school staff around the world. My guest today is Mal Krishnasamy. Mal is an educational consultant and coach. With almost 20 years experience in education as a teacher, middle leader, then senior assistant principal across a multi-academy of trust, she's seen it all. Mel's in a unique position of understanding the strengths of teachers, the pressures they're under, and the struggles between wanting to stay or leave the profession. Mel set up Mel CPD Education Consultancy and Coaching to share what she's learned to support others along their education journey. As a consultant, she provides one-to-one and team coaching, ILM-endorsed coaching skills training, which is the Institute of Leadership and Management Endorsed Coaching Skills Training and assertive leadership development courses. She also supports whole school improvement through introducing and embedding a coaching culture to organizations. Mal, welcome to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite. That's quite a lot going on there. It's a, yeah. it's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful set sort of skills, and I think that leads really nicely to talking about um, assertive leadership training. So let's just start there. Tell us what do you mean by
1: that? What, why assertive? And why assertive? Um, um, what I've found in as being a leader myself for many years, even pre-teaching, um, and Um, from coaching people, I found that there's lots of good people out there that uh, are brought into leadership teams, but they're poor leaders. And they've been brought into leadership because they're great teachers. But a great teacher doesn't necessarily make a great leader. And they may be great in the classroom, but it's that people management skills For some reason, they may be able to do that with children, but they struggle to do that, uh, have that empathy and have that um, be able to deal with different types of people um, as adults. And I think that that is something that has come, um, come across really strongly for me in my career with other leaders and which I feel has created issues sometimes because people don't realise they are being quite toxic in the way that they're dealing with people. Um, they're not being very empathetic and they're not um, leading with humanity, really. The humanity in mm. leadership uh, it has gone out the window for many Um, schools and part of that is because of the inexperience and the lack of training because really what we need is if you earmark someone for leadership then they should be trained and coached and supported uh, whilst they're aspiring and then once they're in the role they need to be coached and supported as well. So getting back to the word
0: assertive. So how does that feed in? And you, there was a couple of other words that came up, toxic being one of them that I'll definitely mm. circle back to. But just to help us understand what you mean by assertive in this particular um, scenario.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because um, I used to coordinate PSHE and I and found just, sorry, that just for our
0: international listeners,
1: PSHE is personal social health education. Thank you. And um, now across a secondary school, so 11 to 18 year olds. Mm. And I found that whether you're 11 years old, 15 or 18, uh, a key part of your, uh, an important skill would be being assertive. Because if you can say no to drugs, you can say no to sex, you can say no to a whole range of different things. And I was training teachers and teaching assistants on how to train students and every time I got them to show me in a role play like show me an assertive way of doing this they'd show me aggressive or passive Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay (laughs) let's try that again (laughs) I think I had the assumption years ago that oh people know what it is Mm -hmm. and uh And then somebody else stand up and go, oh, I know how to do this. And then they do it, and I'm like, actually, that's really aggressive. (laughs) And um, so I found that every time I've done this with staff, and even recently, this January, I did a whole trust training with about 40 teaching assistants, and not one of them could show me assertive. And if they can't show me assertive – that they're being aggressive. That means they're being aggressive with children. They're being aggressive with other members of staff or being too passive. And that's going to be detrimental to their own self-esteem. So that's why I started thinking about this assertive leadership course, because I thought, well, it's where assertiveness, assertiveness is where you can say what you want to say without being aggressive. You're able to hold people to accounts without being threatening or bullying mm-hmm. um and what I found on this course the people that are coming on to the course are people that again every single person that's been on my course are lovely people but they haven't got the tools to be able to be assertive they don't know how to hold that member of staff in their team that isn't pulling their weight hold them to account what words can they use? How can they tackle certain situations? And it's about difficult conversations as well, having difficult conversations without um, being aggressive. Mm, mm. Yeah. Or Absolutely. walking away from it thinking, oh, it's too hard. I'm not going to do this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And, and it sounds like there's there's a theme there around holding boundaries as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, if... When you've got many people who are um, quite passive in nature, um, they and their role models are who are leaders who are quite, um, let's say, a bit more in your face <laughs> in the way that they deal with things. Um, and But that's not your style. You don't know how to deal with difficult situations. So if a member of staff... Uh, goes over a boundary that you feel isn't right then because of your passive nature and you haven't got the tools you don't tackle it mm. and because you don't tackle it that member of staff will keep going they'll keep yeah. doing what they're doing because they haven't been tackled Then it may be just a case of one person once just says look um that's upsetting me so that needs to stop mm. and that's not aggressive that's just stating how I feel rather than you are doing this, yeah. you know, which is much more aggressive. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so is do you have a definition or just so people who might be listening to this thing, I can totally relate to what Mel's saying. What What are some quick wins? What are some ways that people can kind of up their assertiveness without becoming aggressive? Because I think that's a real fear for many people, that they genuinely are good people yeah and they don't want to upset people but that that can create um yeah can, can create trouble can create yeah of clarity lack of
1: yeah um, I think leadership. I think it's um several things if you want you can have a few tricks and you know but if you really want to embed assertiveness into who you are um then you need to be really self-aware and when I mean, what I mean by self-aware isn't just, oh, who am I? You know, the existential yes. <laughs> way of thinking about it. It's more about knowing yourself in terms of how emotional and how emotionally intelligent am I. Um What kind of key strengths do I have? What are my limitations? What am I going to do about those limitations? It's not always about working on those limitations, about getting other people to help you as well as finding other resources. But a key part of what I do is get people to think about their own personal values. And because I believe if you know your values, you know what you're fighting for. You know what your boundaries are. And so when it comes to a point where uh, something has happened and you, you feel actually that's not right, it feels like it's not right, then you can go through your values and go, that's why it's not right. Quite often, a lot of people that I'm working with, they have this... <laughs> gut feeling that that Mm -hmm. does it just doesn't feel right but they can't put it into words and I think if you know your values you know what you're fighting for and making decisions is a lot easier
0: and how would you define values for somebody who's listening to this saying how do I even know what my values are how do you help people discover
1: values are um they're very personal and it's things that are so important to you. It's kind of like, well, I see it as do or die, but I'm quite an <laughs> a, I I suppose I am a bit more in your face by that. I'm quite like bold. I don't do pastel, <laughs> you know, not wishy-washy kind of thing. So for me, it's do or die. Without this, I would rather die than not have this in my mm-hmm. life. And give you me know, some examples. Of what that might uh, be. Freedom mm-hmm. and independence, my key values are freedom independence authenticity integrity if I can't be me um, then I I feel like I'm in a straitjacket and I can't I can't function yeah you know so I can't be in that situation yeah so uh, for example in my last school the values of the school I realized that the values of the school didn't match my own And so it was time for me to move on. It's impossible for me to work in a school where the values don't match my own. And how could you give
0: us some examples of what those values were? I find that really intriguing in education across the school. You'd think all the values would be the same, but they're really not. And they can vary enormously across schools that I I go to or I work with. It's like, oh, my gosh, wow, really? Yeah,
1: so one school I worked with, the values matched my own. And I was part of that system where we created um, a key part of our values was diversity, inclusion. Every child mattered. Uh, We rarely excluded children. Um, It was only extreme cases because we were there for those kids Mm -hmm. and because they had difficult home lives. Um, The last school I worked at, that sense of caring wasn't there and it was more a case of oh well what looks good for Ofsted it was about tick boxing rather than what's best for our community so that didn't fit with my my values of what school should be about.
0: Right yeah and that circles back nicely then to uh, what poor leadership can do in a school and and what that can do to create a toxic environment. Can you tell me more? Help. Let's just define what you mean by a toxic culture.
1: Toxic culture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's such a minefield. It, um, it is. It yeah. Is. I mean, right, people can have bad days at work, but a toxic culture is where it, it seeps into your skin and into your heart and into your soul, and it makes you miserable. And it's there's a, a culture of bullying uh, amongst staff, amongst certain leaders, and it permeates throughout the school. So they create this culture of lack of empathy, lack of humanity, um, a lack of caring. Mm. And... It's more judgmental and evaluating everything you do, where you have to constantly prove that you're a professional, or know what you're doing, rather than supportive and developmental. So that's what I call toxic, because that sort of thing, um, well, it's going to affect people's well-being if they're con- if you're constantly judged all the time and you have to constantly prove, prove, prove. Um, that's not a way to, you know. We spend so much time at work and teachers, especially, so much time working. And if all that time you're constantly trying to prove, oh, even when I'm marking a book, I need to show this, you know, it's that's not good for your mental health.
0: Mm-hmm. And what would you say to somebody who's in that position? Because I think if we're talking about leadership here, we're, we're definitely not talking about senior leadership only because I'm thinking even of schools I've worked with where newly qualified teachers have a leadership role over the support staff in their, in their room mm. with their class and struggle with that because they're trying to find their way around a new system, into a new career, and have to manage another member of staff in their classroom, who's typically older than them, more experienced than them, and they have to lead that, and they they lead in that situation, um, and it can be extremely challenging for them to do yeah. that.
1: So yeah, absolutely. So we're yeah. not
0: we're talking about leadership skills start with the first day of
1: teaching, yes, and then yeah. progress all the way through your teaching career. So yeah, how you it's about- relationship skills. It's being able to have those conversations um quite often what you'll find I mean I remember this when I was an NQT where the teaching assistant instead of letting me do the behavior management um and she'd do it (laughs) but it'd be sort of the aggressive yelling across the classroom at some kid (laughs) that's not helpful (laughs) so I had to have a conversation with her and say look I'd really appreciate you know appreciate you trying to help um but actually it it's actually quite undermining for me and what I would prefer is if you could work with those specific s- students and if so-and-so kicks off then I deal with them if that's okay like that you know so it's having that concept rather than going and going look sort it out, you know, you shouting in my, classroom. <laughs> you know, it's, it's or, my yeah. classroom, you know, and being all territorial and power about it, it's like, you know, this is what I prefer, uh, you know, what do you think, or, you know, having that conversation.
0: Or what I see much more often is not saying anything. Yes. Yeah. And, and so I'm really impressed as an NQT, you were able to speak with your, your teaching assistant, or learn what yeah. staff and say, Can we try it this way, please? This is how you know that takes a lot of courage to do that. And I'm curious to know where you learned that skill. Was that just part of your nature?
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Well, I was an NQT age 29. Okay. I think that helped. (laughs) And previous to teaching, I was, um, I managed large bookmakers. (laughs) So I was dealing with difficult characters on a daily basis Um, and you couldn't kick off. You couldn't. They'd kick off. And um, if you kicked off as well, what kind of message is that giving everybody? So I I found a way to kind of deal with um, difficult characters in a more assertive way rather than aggressive or just passive, letting them get on with it where they end up ruling you know the shop so um yeah I suppose I learned it there yeah 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 yeah, definitely that makes a lot of sense but also I'm the fourth of four children and I think you know I think that really does help being the fourth I mean my eldest son he he and I are very similar characters incredibly similar but I've got more fight in me because I was the youngest you know <laughs> of four whereas you know with him we're trying to coach him to be more assertive
0: yeah I think that uh, yeah it makes a huge difference I'm number six out of seven children so that <laughs> <laughs> I have a different way of operating as well yeah. <laughs> but yeah you certainly pick up a lot in other in other aspects of your life that's for sure yeah. so I wanted to ask for, for people that are listening to this, feeling like, oh, my God, how do I do this? How do I have these conversations without upsetting people? What mm. would be your first piece of advice that you'd give to somebody that just doesn't want to hurt somebody else's feelings?
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, in a school situation, you need to think about usually quite often a lot of the conversations are because the children are suffering. Mm. and. If your ultimate goal is to make sure that the children benefit, then that's what you need to keep in your mind, that this isn't about upsetting people. The end goal, every conversation needs to have a purpose, and the end goal is not to upset somebody. It's to ensure the children get what's best for them. And so that's that's talking from your values. That in itself is absolutely key so that in itself may give you the drive to go and have that conversation I'm doing this for the children not for me not for that member of staff like that Mm -hmm. secondly it's thinking about how you your body language is really important so um quite often we're with secondary school children that I used to teach, they were all taller than me. I'm only five foot one. <laughs> they were all taller than me. So, but standing in front of them and giving them a rollicking, it's never going to work because it's just looking at mm, kind of thing. Um, but also it's very aggressive standing in front of somebody like that. So I learned this a long time. It was actually assertive discipline many, many years ago, 20 years ago as an NQT. Um, it was a thing going around. And uh, we had whole staff uh, training on assertive discipline techniques. And the trainer said to us, stand to the side, stand to the side of the student and speak to them. And that immediately it's calming. And that's the same with adults that if you kind of sit 10 to 2 like you do with coaching as though you're in a calf rather than how we are as though there's a table between us. It's less hierarchical. So it's like you're having a chat. So before you even say a word, you're thinking about why you're having this conversation and how you're going to have this conversation. And I'd have a script as well so that you don't deviate and get emotional or write it all down with all the emotions and then take all the emotion out of it. And that sounds a bit, well, that's not really human, is it? But actually, (laughs) but actually, quite often, the emotions are what make it aggressive. The emotions, it's the you, you're always late, it's so rude, you don't respect me, and you, 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 that kind of thing. Whereas if you think, okay, I need to think about what, I need to name the issue so they're always late. I need to talk about the consequence of that. Because of that, I have to wait. How does that make me feel? Well, I feel frustrated and not valued. So then you put it together. When you you arrive late, it means that I have to wait, and I get frustrated, and I feel not very valued or respected. And you need to make sure you, that your, the tone of how you say it is really important. Because if you go, when you arrive late, right, the person's like, whoa, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's like when you arrive, you have to be calm. So never have this conversation. I do this with my other half. Never have this conversation. <laughs> let's talk about this later. <laughs> right? Okay. Right. It's so, a life skill. It is, it is. You know, we're like, let's not talk about this now good point because we're both getting like that so just do it when you're calm and you know you're going to have a more calm conversation because if you've got heightened emotions up here that's going to come out in some way especially if something's been going on for a while and you've been putting off having this conversation which we all do yeah so yeah so it's talking about having that calm nice body language that's not sort of in front of them um, calm tone and talking about I making as many I statements as possible. And when that happens, it's actually quite surprising because, whereas in the past, it'd be like, You're so rude, you're always late, you're bang out of order, you know, saying all that. The other person switched off, all they're getting is rah, rah, it becomes white noise. So, and then they get annoyed, and then why should they change anything? but if you go and look let's have a chat because something's bugging me I need to talk to you about this when you arrive late and blah 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 and you say your sentence they'll be like oh I'm so sorry they can't help but be sorry because they've made you feel not very valued I do respect you and I was like okay so what can we do about this next you know the important thing is pausing and allowing them to talk and that way you've still got a relationship what many people feel um what many people worry about is that eastenders mentality which is like if you have that difficult conversation you're going to be found under a patio somewhere. <laughs> you know, somebody's gonna die somebody's gonna get killed you know or it's gonna turn into a major row and the whole street's gonna be involved you know it's that kind of yeah. full on. i think yeah, people yeah, yeah. have that um catastrophizing thought about a little conversation and they make it bigger than it actually is yeah. which when you're not used to having that sort of conversation it's it it's understandable yeah. but once you've got the tools it's much easier and i found that people who have been on my course um have messaged me and said oh i finally had that really difficult conversation I talk to you about oh my god it was so liberating and they're doing what i want them to do now and and yeah we've got a really good relationship now yeah you
0: know yeah i i do very similar training in schools and i concur Mm. with everything you've just said and and the results and what that feeds into in terms of creating a healthy thriving school culture we just can't under understate that being able to because then just it's feedback it's how it's how we communicate with yeah. Each other, Yeah. And it doesn't have to be confrontational, exactly. aggressive or passive that we just kind of, oh, well, this is just the way it is that we yeah. assert ourselves. And that word is strong because even in even as I say it, I think, yeah, it's a great word because it's not the aggressive kind of plowing into somebody. It's like, OK, let's let's name this. Let's talk about this. Let's let's sort this out. And as you say, for the benefit of all of the children in this school.
1: Yeah and ultimately that's what we're all here for yeah Yeah. assertiveness having assertive conversations is win-win for everybody whereas aggressive is win-lose for somebody loses and same with passiveness somebody loses and that's what you need to think what is the purpose of this conversation I'm having am I having this conversation to win something or is it so that both of us can get something out of this
0: yeah perfect and and ultimately the students and I think for for many people that I've worked with, that feel anxious about about being more assertive or standing up for themselves or boundaries, when you just re- help them reframe that into we're doing this for the benefit of the children, it really there's a it's a big shift happens yeah. there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's always been a huge part of my leadership. And whenever I introduced a new topic or uh, introduced a new policy within schools, the first thing I'd talk about is why, why do we need this? How is this going to benefit the children? So this isn't about Ofsted or tick boxing or anything like that. This is about how is this going to reduce your workload and benefit the children? And then people are in, you've got buy in. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And that
0: leads into accountability as well. Because, how is there anything you'd like to add to that in terms of holding people to account?
1: Yeah, I think that's what many leaders um, find the most difficult thing. Um, And because of that, the children ultimately suffer. And that's what people need to be thinking: is that actually, if I don't tackle this member of staff, and even that language "tackle" yeah. that is quite aggressive, isn't it? If I They'll don't be under, speak under to, the patio soon, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just the language we have around having conversations. It's a normal conversation. We're in a workplace. We all need to work together to to meet the goal, which is the children to thrive and to do well and that's it's again it's about okay there's a, many people that are people pleasers and they don't want to upset the people that they need to hold to account and then they feel like they're in a rock and a hard place because they don't want to do that and then they don't want to upset their leaders their managers um and so it's kind of uh, how do I do this you know and and yeah, and it's basically what I've said it's having those techniques of how to have those conversations, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clear
0: boundaries, mm. clear lines of communication.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. And keep talking and keep talking. And that's the thing, because quite often it's a case of, um, you know, as an NQT you know, stay away from the moaning minis in the class, in the staff room. Stay They're dementors sucking all the joy. (laughs) Stay well away from them. But as a leader, go to them, talk to them, you know, and that's the best thing I ever did as a leader because it made sure that because if anyone's going to be opposing anything, um, it's going to be them. But you need to get them on side. You need to um, support them, help them, develop them as well they're used to not being heard so it's thinking about that it's understanding different types of people and how they deal with change because different people deal with it some people thrive on change other people um collapse they just can't deal with it and the and they get incredibly stressed and when they're incredibly stressed they're probably more aggressive or pro- or may even go into their own shell so it's, OK, what do I need to do to support them? And that's part of assertive leadership as well, is that emotional intelligence to, to have an idea of, is to read the room, is to feel, OK, not everyone is going to feel the same way that I do. And quite often you hear that from leaders that, well, I did it. Why can't they do it? everybody's different and they've got four kids at home (laughs) you know so it's thinking about everybody has different circumstances so uh, a large part of what I do with leaders uh, and when I'm coaching is empathy skills is Mm. understanding different types of people Mm. how the deal will change how they deal with stress and how to support them
0: yeah, and we're talking at a very specific time in our in our lives, and when there yeah. is change happening at every level, yeah, know, in school and outside of school, in politics, in you know, yeah, every area of our life, and so people are having to deal with a lot, and, and
1: it it creates anxiety. I mean, change creates anxiety, even if you like change. I mean, I I've always quite liked change. But even if you like change, this level of change is too much because none of it is in your control. And quite often teachers are control freaks. <laughs> we're perfectionists, we're control freaks. And there is no control because everybody else is making these decisions and you just have to, you know, the government's doing stuff that affects you directly. So it's when... That's not normal in normal times. Not directly, occasionally, or maybe the, the latest budget or something. If you know, get a few pence off your pint on a Saturday night. But this is directly affecting your life. Yeah. So at work as well. So yeah, that is going to create anxiety.
0: And how would you recommend people deal with that at this time? And I think you you alluded to something there in in terms of control. How do we relinquish some some of that feeling of that we need to control things when we just can't? There's so many things we can't control.
1: I think it's letting it go. It's really hard. It is hard. I mean, it's easy for me to say let it go um, because I'm a control freak. <laughs> And I did find lockdown very difficult and it was, and I'm a planner and most teachers are because, you know, you, yes. you go by the bell, Is you like climbing? going, you know, it's, yeah. it's what you do. You've been doing it for 20 odd years going, you know, going by the bell and going, you know, I, we still, my partner and I are former teachers. We still split our year into the school term. <laughs> so it's just the way that you work. But um, I forgot what I was saying there.
0: We're talking about, that's fine. We talk about control
1: and yes, what to control. do with control. And it's yeah, and I did find it difficult because I like planning ahead and thinking, oh, Christmas wouldn't do this and this. But it's very you can't do that right now. You can't plan, you can't even plan next week. Mm. You know, so it's kind of what, what, what's the levels going to happen? But it's important to there's a couple of um, uh, diagrams out there about control. Uh, and particularly to do with COVID, where it's thinking about, well, what can I control? Well, I can control what's happening inside my house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can control, hopefully can control my own children. Um, I can control the shopping, hopefully, you know, again, it's, it's, Again, it's really hard, isn't it? Because even the shopping, I'm going for the shopping and it's going back to, I couldn't get any toilet paper <laughs> on the online shopping. <laughs> and you're like, oh, come on, people. <laughs> yeah. But you can, there's certain, you have to just stick to what you can control yeah. and think, okay, I can't control that. Something's going to, I need to leave that until somebody tells me what to do. It's difficult, but it is something that, Everybody needs to do right now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Otherwise,
0: it can cause us terrible levels of stress and anxiety. Yeah, trying yeah absolutely. To, trying to do something about things that we just can't
1: yeah. affect. Yeah.
0: And then, and I find the more that I work within, um, do you know the Stephen Covey model of the circle of concern? Mm. Where you have all of the imagine for the people, some people who might not be familiar with. There's a imagine three circles on a on a piece of paper, and in the circle of concern, think about all of the things that you're concerned about, and that could be everything from you know the presidential election or <laughs> climate change or lockdown or what's happening with your family, etc. Then within that is your circle of influence. So, of all of these things that I'm concerned about, which of those can I influence? Mm. And Many of them you can, but many, many of them you can't influence. And in in the centre, what can I control? And you know, you can control what you eat, how much you sleep, if you exercise. There's lots of things we can control. So the more we operate within what we can influence and what we control, then the more our influence grows. That's when we can be good leaders and strong leaders even as a newly qualified teacher, yeah. we can we there's a strength to that. But yeah. when we're out here thinking about all of the things that we're worried about that we can't control, that we're concerned about, that's when we really struggle. So yeah. that's
1: yeah
0: um, and and we have to be able to let that go. And I yeah. know it sounds easy to say, hard to do, but there's no uh, there's no option. There's
1: no right? option, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Mel. I've been speaking with Mel Krishnasamy. Her website is MalCPD.com, where you can find out more about her assertive leadership coaching courses and many other things. She's got some lovely freebies on there as well. So make sure you check it out and you can connect with Mel on Twitter at melcpd. Anywhere else where people could find you or is that enough? Uh,
1: Probably Facebook and Instagram, but I rarely use those. I'm actually trying to reduce my (laughs) social media use so Twitter and LinkedIn that's where you can find
0: me fantastic great well I'll make sure all of these links are in the show notes now thank you so much for joining us today you're welcome thanks so much for listening now check out our website pursuitwellbeing.com and take our free teacher anxiety quiz I'll include the link in the description below The quiz only takes a couple of minutes and you'll get a better understanding of where you are today, plus tips to immediately feel better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And if you feel inspired, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. I love getting your feedback and learning how we can improve our program.